Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 210 of the Ask the Coach show, where ping skills helps you improve your table tennis. For Technique Tuesday, we'll be discussing forehand topspin variations. The On This Day segment is back. Yes, you heard that right, so get excited. In the questions, we'll discuss counter-looping, Ma Long's dominance, dealing with a heavy topspin serve, the superb Ma Lin, and the question that gives this show its name, men versus women. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Uh, thank you, Jeff, and uh, yes, nice uh, nice day coming up in Melbourne, and uh, hope all of you ping skillers out there have been getting plenty of table tennis. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Alois, it is a really exciting segment. On this day, it's back in the new year. Let's get straight into it. What happened on this day in history? Oh, yes. On this day in history in 1986, which is which sort of surprised me, um, the first computer virus was released for PCs. So there you go. 1986, not that, that long ago, or am I just getting old? Um, it's quite a while ago. Um, I mean, yeah, but exciting stuff. First virus. Now viruses are just commonplace, aren't they? Yeah, so a happy 30th birthday to uh, computer viruses. Nice one, like it. All right, now let's get into the Pink Skillers question of the day. And yesterday's was, how did you bring in the new year and what was your first table tennis session for 2016? Yeah, so uh, Ruth said, uh, played with a ninja mate Friday night in the last few points. There are 20 games he threw evil serves at me. 20 games to nil to him. Hmm. Yes, oh, well. Tough um, start to the new year there. Exactly. So and Ilya said, play against was, your ninja mate. That's it. <laughs> um, Ilya said, I was in the training camp that spanned New Year, so I played really hard on both the 31st and the first. So that was uh, that was good for Ilya. Yeah, um, well done, Ilya. Yep. And Eugene said, I only played once in 2016, but improved a lot. So that is good. And da- Dana, Dana said, New Year's was just another day. Just watched football and kept warm. Couldn't play until the fifth. Everyone else was busy, but played two better players, won three of the six games and won three of the four in doubles. So not a bad start but plenty more to come this year. So uh, so that's exciting. And then um, on uh, on the blog, old Dita's back. And uh, Dita said, um, 2016 is all about the 52-week training plan by Ping Skills. Hmm, good one, Dita. Um, so next to my regular club training and competition, I'm keeping Alloys and Jeff up to date with, about my progress. But for the Ping Skillers who are interested... I'm two weeks into it and enjoying it a lot. Highlights up till now with rotating focus um, during consistency drills and the open up game when the server makes a point if he topspins the deep push return. Um, And another plug for the uh, site, I suppose. I've also started using the vault intensively and it has a good impact on my training volume. So uh, thanks, Dita, for supporting the site firstly. And um, yeah, good comments and glad you're into the 52 weeks training plan. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, good to see you using the vault there, Dita. Um, Yeah. And for those that don't know, the vault is where you can store your tactics against players. 
your match results and all your training sessions. So you're a really good tool to get you thinking tactically. So try yeah. it out at pingskills.com. Yeah, it surprises me a bit, Jeff, that the the um, the people that don't use the vault, like uh, we've got a lot of people on there, but it's such a good tool. And and I have to say, Jeff dreamt, dreamt this tool up and uh, and it was a bit bit of his baby. And, you know, like it's such, such a good tool that you can record all your training sessions. You can rep- record your opponent's um, strengths and weaknesses on there. So you've got it there all the time. You can just refer to it when you need to. And, um, yeah, so you get on there. Have a look. It's a good tool. Yep. Check out the vault. All right. So that brings us on to today's Pingskiller's question of the day, which is do you Snapchat? So jump onto our Facebook page or onto our blog at pingskills.com and let us know, do you Snapchat? We're, um, we're starting to get into it, Alois, aren't we? Yeah, Exactly. We are into Snapchat. There you go. And just the username's just ping skill. So, yeah, get on there. And what I'd like you to do is get on to Snapchat and just send me a short um, video question. So um, just get on there. You know, get on your phone. Say, hello, ping skills. Um, I don't know how to beat Jeff. What, what should I do? And, um, and That's I'll... probably going to be a common common question. And don't ask Alois that because he doesn't know the answer. Um, but <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. it does have to be short, though, because on Snapchat, I think you've got like a 10-second limit. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great way to uh, interact. So give it a go. Get on Snapchat. And our username, as Alois said, is PingSkills. All right. It is Technique Tuesday, Alois. And this is one of your favorites. We're talking about forehand topspin variations. What yeah. do we need to know? Exactly. So, you know, I see I see players playing their forehand a lot, and some people have got such good forehands, but um, don't utilize it well enough because they're they're one paced and they're really predictable in what they do with that forehand. So, you know, they uh, they they've got such a great forehand that they can blast it um, really fast. But against any player, if you uh, playing that ball at the same pace, they will start to get used to it because they've seen that ball before and they will be able to start to react a little bit better. So the variation is the thing that is really going to win you a lot of points. So what can we vary? Like always, we vary the spin, the speed, and the placement of the forehand uh, topspin. So by varying the, the spin... Um, we can sometimes put heavy spin, sometimes put less spin, and that um, will get the blocker to, to make some mistakes. The same thing with the speed. Fast is good, but slow can also be good. And I always say I don't think players use the slower topspin enough. So that variation of playing the slower topspin is really important to practice. How do you play the ball slower? So one thing is just to bring your bat through slower. So instead of bringing your bat through fast, just bring your bat through slower. Um, you can also just uh, have a little bit more of a vertical uh, action, which will slow the ball up rather than a forward action. So the, the forward and more uh, and flatter contact is going to get the ball faster. The brushing up contact is going to get the ball a bit slower and it'll also get a bit more spin. And then finally yeah. is the... Sorry, Jeff. Yeah, and I guess there's, 
uh, variations of that slower topspin because, like you said, you can just play the stroke slower, but you can also still play that stroke really fast but get a finer brushing contact so you get more spin and less forward speed. So there's even variations within that itself. Yeah, there is. And, you know, and that's why, you know, it's really important. Once you've got the the feel for your forehand tops, you know, for any stroke really, but we're talking today about the forehand. Once you've got the feel for it, and a lot of people have got good forehands, so then we've got to get out there and just start to um, practice that variation. You know, don't in your training just practice, here's my forehand topspin, bang, 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 bang. Change it up. Practice the changes. Excellent advice. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think and, it really is that, isn't it? Just to focus on it. It's not that people aren't capable of it. It's just they're not really thinking about the options. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we and the, the third type of variation I was going to mention is just the placement. That's, that's a pretty obvious one. So, you know. Um, oh, it's not I, always so obvious, though, Alice. It's good to mention. Yeah, because a lot of people uh, prefer hitting the ball one way, either cross court or down the line, whichever one it is. But uh, it's really important to practice going different directions with that forehand topspin. And, you know, like I know for myself, I feel really comfortable playing that ball down the line and I'm not as good at playing the ball down uh, cross court. So that's something that I had to practice a lot to get the feel of and to get um, comfortable with. So you can play down the line, cross court, and then don't forget the one into the middle as well. So, yeah, so lots of opportunities for variation with your forehand. Don't just think about playing forehand top spinners. This is my forehand top spin. I'll play it fast and I'll play it to the cross court or down the line or whatever it is. All right, excellent. And what I'll do is I'll put a link in the show notes to our video on forehand top spin variations. So make sure you watch that and start implementing this into your game. All right, on to the questions. And first up, we've got a couple of regulars who've jumped onto our Google Q&A app and anyone can ask us a question live on the show. Just all you need to do is go to our website, pingskills.com, scroll down to the bottom, there's a little Google Plus icon, click on that and then you'll see the latest show where you can hit the Q&A button and ask us a question. First up, Ilya says, some people say that when counter-looping, it is better to play a side spin topspin because it avoids contacting fast-moving parts of the ball. So should I try putting side spin whenever I can when I'm counter-looping? Um, no, not necessarily because um, with the counter-loop, um, if you're putting side spin on the ball, it means that you're not getting dip on the ball. So... By not getting dip on the ball, it means you can't hit the ball as fast. So if you're thinking about um, the ball coming at you with a lot of topspin, it's it's okay to come straight across the the back of it. And the back, it, the back means you don't need to lift the ball very much. So you can go more forward on that and you can generate more power as well. Um, and then by generating pure topspin, your shot is going to dip onto the table. If you've got side spin, the ball isn't going to dip as much and it's going to curve and slide and it's going to either slide off the end or slide off the side of the table. So no, when you're, when you're starting uh, with your counter looping, definitely just go straight top spin on it, not side spin. So what, um, what you're more referring to about hitting on the side of the ball is when we're talking about returning serve and, you know, we talk about the heavy backspin serve um, and 
hitting on the side of the ball there like that. So, yeah, I think for the top of the counter looping, just go straight over the back of the ball or the top of the ball. Much easier. Yeah, yeah that's what, that's my experience too, Alois. The, the straight counter hit is much easier. The side spin can be effective, but you still want a little bit of top spin, but it's a much harder stroke. So, yeah, definitely go with the straight top spin first. And then if you're comfortable with that or, you know, you just want to muck around a little bit and practice for a couple of minutes, try it out, um, have some fun with it. But, yeah, you know, stick with that, especially in important matches when you're first starting out. Good question, Ilya. Now, Victory is back and um, he says, who can stop Ma Long right now? He's unstoppable at the moment. What's your opinion? Uh, yeah, well... <laughs> He is, uh, but I think it's some things to think about. The Olympics, the, the World Teams Championships, uh, you know, the, uh, the World Teams are next month. You know, I think he's going to be a real power there. The Olympics are a long time away, um, relatively, you know, so they're in August, so still quite a few months away. A lot of things change in a short amount of time, you know, like, it wasn't all that long ago that we were saying that Zhang Ke was the best player in the world. Um, and then, you know, he's dropped uh, dropped quickly, starting to come back now, I've been told. Um, but he, he is, I, I think at the moment, Ma Long is definitely the best player around. Um, you know, let's, let's think about the Olympics coming up, which is what everyone's focusing on. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see. But, you know, I mean, he's definitely favourite, right? Because he's just the... You know the best player in the world at the moment. He's he is uh, he is beating everyone. Yeah, I mean, with that system, Alice, I think his biggest challenge for the Olympics is going to be qualifying for it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, there's only two Chinese men allowed to play in the singles um, at the Olympics. So uh, the qualification system will be very tough for them. Um, you know, that's that's almost their their Olympics right there. Um, you know, if they make it into the top two there, then they're all almost guaranteed of a medal, really. So, um, yeah, I'm still not very happy with that rule. I think it's a bit outrageous that, um, the number one player in the world could miss out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that needs revisiting and allies on this show a while back, both you and I predicted Zhang Ke was gone. But at the Chinese <laughs> qualifications for the World Championships, he took out Ma Long, he took out Fan Dan Dong. People are telling us he's back. Yeah, I know. That's that's why we're not very good at making predictions. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's, it, well, fantastic to see, but it also shows you the, um, the fickleness, I suppose, of, you know, uh, of predictions and, you know, like this guy's going to be... Um, winning Olympics and world championships. Yeah. Things change really quickly. You know, I still don't think that he's, um, favorite. He's, he's definitely improved his form, um, a lot, but, uh, the, you know, Ma Long, uh, Fang Bo, um, Fan Zendong, you know, they're all, they're all Zhu fantastic Zin. players. Zhu Zin. Yeah. We always forget Zhu Zin. Like, you know, the guy's <laughs> just unbelievable. Um, he was number one in the world for a ridiculous amount of time. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's just tough competition even to get to the Olympics for, for, for Zhang Zikou. Certainly is. And um, Victor had a few more things. He said, Happy, Happy New Year. I missed you guys. Thanks, uh, Victory or Brocky. Um, 
He says, do you guys watch hockey? Not really. Maybe just when the Olympics come on. Um, no, he, he, might, he might be talking about ice hockey, actually. Um, oh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, one of my friends, uh, Trevor, um, went to a, an ice hockey match here in Melbourne on the weekend. So there is a little bit of ice hockey played in Melbourne, but we don't, uh, we don't see a lot of it, though. Yes, and how many tours are there in one year? I maybe he's talking about the pro tour events. I'm not sure how many. Is there like yeah, 20? I think there's 20, yeah, 20 world tour events. Perfect. There you go. See. So thanks for the questions, Brocky, and welcome back on the show. Uh, next up is a question from Romeo who says, I play with my practice partner and I always lose. I can't return his heavy topspin serve because of the spin. I try to flick or push, but it flies off the table. I can't flick with a flat contact because the ball is low. How do I deal with it? Yeah. So with um, with a topspin serve, if it's got a lot of topspin, at some stage it's going to be around net height or even higher um, after it bounces on your side. So that's the critical point uh, uh, time that you want to be making that uh, flick return. When there's a lot of topspin on the ball, you don't need to lift it too much. So you can go more forward on it as well. Uh, so getting that nice flat contact and the critical part is getting it at the top of its bounce. So the ball comes over the net, it bounces on your side, and then it comes up again. So at some point, it's going to be around net height or a little bit higher, and that's when you want to make your contact and make your flick. Um, so that timing, I think, is really, uh, really important. I see a lot of players um, trying to hit the ball too early and also some players trying to hit the ball too late. So by the time the ball's gone up and come down, then you need to lift the ball and, and you need to soften the contact. But flicking is, uh, for me, easier off the top spin than any other type of uh, spin. So, yeah, you've just got to come forward on that and, and hit the ball at the top of the bounce. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the ball has to clear the net, so it is going at least that high at some point. So it's going to bounce up pretty high, especially with the top spin. Um, I guess if people are taking it late, Alice, one of the keys is the footwork to get into that ball. Yes. So if, if, they're, take, if they're taking it late, if they're taking it early. So the... The footwork to get to the to the flick ball or the shorter ball is to go in with your right foot. So if you're a right-hander, go in with your right foot, get close to the ball, um, get your nose close to the contact, and then flick forward on it as well. So, um, yeah, getting close, moving in is really important too. Yeah, excellent. Good advice. Um, so stick with it, Romeo. I'll put a link to our forehand flick video in the show notes. We should help you. So check that out as well. All right. Next up is a question from Tam who says, do you think world number one Marlin will reign supreme in the class nine singles event in Rio? Or do you think the 15 year old Lawrence Devos could take the title considering he's in top form at the moment after winning the Europeans? What's your opinion? And who is this mysterious Marlin, Alloys? Yeah, so uh, yeah, so Marlin is um, is a player in the Paralympic uh, table tennis as well. So he's in class nine. Um, he's unbelievable. He's won a few gold medals already in Paralympics, um, and he's uh, 
probably more dominant than uh, than the able-bodied Marlin uh, was in um, in uh, table tennis as well. So, um, great player from from China, um, but really exciting. There's a young guy from Belgium, Belgium, Lawrence Divos, who is a real challenge and a real threat to him. I, not sure exactly how old Lawrence is, but he's like 15 or 16 at, at the most. Um, really young kid, just a really nice style, beautiful forehand topspin um, and backhand countering. Um, so for the first time, I see, you know, one of the Europeans, uh, you know, ready to ready to challenge Marlin. But at Rio, I think it may be just a little bit too early for Lawrence uh, to... Uh, to challenge Marlin just because of experience and, you know, just having that ability to win, win the, win um, that gold medal. It's a tough match to win. Yeah, absolutely. Exciting time. So um, looking forward to the Olympics and the Paralympics going to be great. If you, if you haven't had a chance to see um, any of uh, Marlin play or or, um, just have a look at some of the Paralympic table tennis, you will be absolutely amazed. So there are um, in, at the Paralympics in uh, Rio and in all Paralympic events, there are 11 classes. So class one to class five are the wheelchair players. Um, So class five are the higher functioning uh, wheelchair players and class one are the lower functioning wheelchair players. And then the same with standing players. So it goes from class six to class 10, where class 10 are the higher functioning um, players. Uh, players like Natalia Patika from Poland, who plays in the Paralympics and um, also played in the Olympics as well So uh, for Poland. So um, obviously a really high-functioning player. Um, and then the Class Sixes, so lower-functioning uh, physical ability. So, yeah, they may have something wrong with uh, their, uh, you know, right side completely, so their right arm, right leg, um, and their movement is restricted. But but uh, just have a, have a look at some of that action and you'll be, uh, as I said, pretty surprised at what they can do. And then there's also class 11. Class 11 is the uh, for the intellectually dis- disabled. So, yeah, get awesome. on to it. We will uh, try and find a, at least a link so you give you a starting point to have a look at that stuff and I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Now, Victor E has asked another question. He says, how can I practice my forehand topspin combo? He says, first attack is pure topspin and second is pure sidespin and then both, question mark? Hmm. Um, okay. First up, let's really focus on getting that first and the second ball good with straight topspin. If you're strong at that, then let's start to think about that second ball being sidespin. It's a difficult combination. It's a difficult stroke to play, as we were talking about a little bit earlier. So practice that first topspin lift, the second topspin forehand. I find so many players making mistakes just with that. The forehand follow-up is a tough one. Then if you get that good, then you can start to think about side spinning the next one. So lifting the first one and then side spin on the second one. Um, how to practice it? Um, a good way is to just get someone to um, push the ball to you, make that first top spin, and then get them to block the ball back to the same spot for you so that you're doing lift and top spin or lift and side spin if you really want to, but stick with the straight top. Yeah, I think sometimes people get carried away with that side spin a bit too much. I mean, even if you watch the top Chinese players, 
a lot of the time they're hitting fairly um, standard topspin. I mean, they do start to hook it a little bit when they want to, but I don't think it's like the main stroke. I think you, you still need to just get that basics right. Yeah, and even even their tops, their side spin. Sorry, they're getting a lot of top on it to make sure that it is dipping under the table. They'll use the side spin if they're really trying to drag a person out wide um, to one side or the other. But uh, but if they're in good position and and, um, and if they're ready to you know tr- make a winner, they'll go they'll go with the straight top spin most of the time. Yeah, indeed. All right, now we move on to Peter's question, which is the one that gives this show its name. And Peter asks, what do you think is the main difference between men and women's style of play? It can't be that much physical strength that makes the difference. After all, it's not a soccer game. Yeah, well, actually, Peter... For me, it really is the physical strength. And, you know, there there are differences um, in the physical... Um, uh, development and physical capability. So, um, if you if you look at the men's game, the men's game they tend to be just mid distance from the table, playing topspin on both sides um, and utilizing the strength. And that strength comes from the legs um, to start with, and then um, also from the upper body a little bit as well. But um, the women's game you'll see is much closer to the table in general um, and faster. Um, a little bit flatter contact as well. So um, the, the the strength is really a big issue. Um, you, you will see players like Ding Ning, for example, the Chinese um, top women's player, who does get a little bit further back, but her strength is is really good as well. So her leg strength is, is fantastic and she can um, do that. So, um, yeah, it is, it is a lot about strength um, to start off with. Yeah, interesting discussion. And um, on this question on the Ask the Coach page, a lot of people were saying the same thing. And I guess they were pointing out um, like the size of uh, Zhang Zikur's legs and, and all the Chinese players, just how they strong they are. Zhu Zin, his legs, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, if you, if you look at it, if you look at the 100 metres, the men's world record is faster than the women's world record um you know so so there are there are definitely physical differences it's not that just you know the women don't think they can run faster or whatever it is there are physical differences and um the physical um development capability of the 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 male is higher than the female so as far as strength so so that's that's the real difference there you go well interesting question and a great way to wrap up episode 210 of the Ask the Coach show. Um, We're going to take a little bit of a break because um, I think, Alice, you've got some coaching commitments. Um, yes. Yeah, it's yeah. a really, really exciting time coming up, uh, going to uh, the Oceania region um, para camp. So, for, and I think we're gonna, we've got about 26 uh, athletes coming from uh, – the region, so that'll be uh, really exciting, and also uh, coaches from the region all coming together, and we're going to um, run a camp uh, camp for them. So um, that will be an exciting time just to see the uh, Paralympic talent that is in this region. Yes, indeed, very exciting time. And then um, we've got Australia Day coming up next Tuesday. Everybody, don't forget Australia Day. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> But uh, so we won't be back till next Wednesday, um, but keep an eye out and make sure you check us out next Wednesday. 
So thank you everybody for watching. Um, thank you, Alois, for answering the questions and start following us on Twitter, Instagram, get on Snapchat, send us a video. Love to hear from you. Thanks everyone. Bye.